John 19, please. John 19. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers, and I hope that if any of you have a chance to say that to your own mother, that you would be able to do so. I will preach a sermon that's related to today's event. Um, I don't know if it will be a blessing in any way. John chapter 19, and we will read verse 26. John chapter 19, we will read verse 26. This passage talks about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And as he was dying, Mary, Jesus' mother, saw uh, his, her own son dying on a cross, and it broke her heart. And Jesus, out of compassion, wanted Mary to be taken care of. John chapter 19 and verse 26, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he saith to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. The apostle John is speaking about himself. And he was there with Mary when Jesus died on the cross. Jesus did not want Mary to suffer the loss uh, of his own death. So he wanted to replace himself with John. John took Jesus' stead to care for Mary being the mother. I do not believe that Mary is the mother of God. She is not. If you hear that from uh, somebody, that is not true. All right, that is not scriptural. She is the mother of Jesus in the sense of the mother of a human, the mother of what Jesus calls himself, son of man. She is not the mother of divinity. All right, it's important to make that distinction. So she is the mother of Jesus or the mother of the human, the son of man. As I looked at these two verses, I am going to do a textual sermon, and I believe that we can glean some things here from how we can comfort our mothers, how we can encourage and help the mothers. In Mother's Day, it should be a happy event. We should be thankful. But a lot of times we don't understand that there are unhappy moments that mothers are going through. If there's one thing you don't want to do is to give your mother a sad Mother's Day, but a happy Mother's Day. From this passage, we can see an example of a mother in sadness, in grief, and what John could do to heal the wound. It's a very unhappy time in Mary's life. And I would like to talk about this and how we can address this issue and how we can minister to one another. Uh, the title of my message is Unhappy Mother's Day. So UN parentheses, Happy Mother's Day. So Unhappy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father God, will you fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit and the cleansing of your blood uh, to preach this message? I am nothing without you. All I can do is just go by how you lead me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now the first thing we want to look at is in verse 26. It says, when Jesus therefore saw his mother. When Jesus therefore saw his mother. You know, if you look at the verse behind you, 
It says that Mary wasn't the only one that stood near to Jesus Christ. If you look at verse 25, it says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw the women, that's not what it said. It says, when Jesus therefore saw his mother. But he ignored completely, he ignored completely Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Mary Magdalene, his mother's sister, and people who were in just as much as grief as Mary, as Jesus' mother, who were in just as much as pain and who really cared about him. But Jesus, he didn't recognize all the other women. He just looked at his mother and then saw her pain, saw her grief, ministered to her need. Why is that? I mean, wouldn't you say Mary Magdalene is important? Sure, she is an important figure. The Gnostics think so. They think she wrote a book of the Bible. <laughs> is it Mary Magdalene? Would, uh, wouldn't she be an important figure? Uh, wouldn't uh, Mary's sister at least be included? Wouldn't she say, hey, I'm included too. Why don't you look at me? Why do you have to look at your mom? That's the key difference. His mom. That's why. It's his mother. What makes the difference with Mary Magdalene with another Mary? They all share the same name. Or uh, Mary, where it mentioned right here, the wife of Cleophas. I mean, her name is just as ordinary as any other Mary. What makes her special? What makes her different? What makes Jesus see her and not the other women? His mother. That's my mother. That's my mother. Are, uh, are these people unimportant? No, they're important. Were they hurting? Sure, they were hurting. But Jesus knew that they would understand. And they would know that this is my mother right here that I got to talk to. She's in grief and pain. Her grief and pain is very special that I got to address and pay attention to. I know you women are hurting and all you people are hurting and heartbroken and I care about you, but you'll understand. You'll live, you'll survive if I just address my mother's pain right here. You know, in the Bible, uh, we can see great examples of mothers. Mothers are special people. And obviously, our mothers should be special to us because she's the one that gave birth to us. She's the one that nursed us because simply because that's my mom. It's that simple. You know, not just our literal mothers, but uh, even so, you have to think about your wife. They're included when you say Happy Mother's Day, obviously. You don't just say it to your mom, you say it to your wife as well. Why? Because she is a mother. She is a mother. She may not be literally your mother, but your wife is also a mother because she went through that experience nursing the children, giving birth to children, raising children, being a mother. That's why she's special. She's important as well. You know, another interesting thing about the mother is what the Bible says is the ministers, believe it or not. Now, you might say, really? Yeah, because the Bible says in the book of Thessalonians, I believe in chapter 2, Paul says that we as the ministers were like mothers nursing the babes. How you might recall how we gave birth to you, spiritually, right? Paul said that I born you through the gospel. 
You might recall how your minister gave birth to you spiritually. You might recall how your minister spiritually nursed you, helped you out throughout the years. Just like a literal mother, how can you forget all those years where your spiritual mother raised you, taken care of you, and nursed you? Gave birth to you, right? Important because mother, that's my spiritual, uh, that pastor did the works of a spiritual mother. You know, what I also find interesting to be mother is not just the pastor, but the church as well, God's people. You might say, why is that? Because Jesus Christ, when he was addressed by the people, hey, your physical flesh and blood, mom and uh, brothers and sisters are here. And Jesus Christ, God himself, not me, God himself said this, who is my mother, who is my children? All right? This is my mother and my children, anyone who believes on me. See, it's important to understand that who's your brother and sister and mother is actually the fellow people in this church. And they're, in a sense, your mother as well. You might say, why? Because flesh and blood, you come from them. You all share the same flesh and blood together. And what I mean by flesh and blood is obviously not physical flesh, but in our 1 Corinthians chapter 15, our flesh will be transformed. We're all going to have literally the same uh, spiritual body up there. We're going to be like Jesus Christ. We share the same blood in the sense, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're all same, I would say, flesh and blood right here. So we're all from the same bloodline. Also, can't you recall that uh, fellow Christian in church, how they nursed you, how they ministered to you, how they perhaps even gave birth to you, led you to Christ, got you into church. They're important people too. Now, the problem with people nowadays is that why is it that they're not really faithfully serving God, getting involved much in church, or recognizing this, uh, the special mothers right here, is because work is very important to us, and I don't belittle that in any way. Work is important, otherwise you can't make a salary, you can't make a living, you can't even come here. Uh, you have to understand that work is work. We all have to make a living. Uh, think about... Work and school? Is, isn't school important? Sure. I know that we, uh, I know that people might get upset that I criticize school with the word of God. But look, I'm not anti-school. I understand you have to do well in your homework. All right? You have to behave in class. You have to do the best that you can in school. Is your health important? Of course. I mean, it's, the body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You got to take good care of your health. And you have to exercise. You have to have proper sleep. You have to have rest. Even uh, your own time is important. Your own time is important. Uh, people get so much involved with uh, serving God and doing big things for the Lord, but they don't, take care, they don't have good self-care. If you don't take good care of yourself, then you're no good to other people. So all these things are important, and I don't belittle them. But the problem nowadays is that See, when, let's say, for example, our work life is in pain, it's hurting, it's struggling. When we go through that, we lose our focus on our mother. We lose our focus on our mother. And we forget the 
mother who's in grief, who's in pain. Hey, uh, I know that my work's hurting, but my mother there is my people there, the, my church people there, my brothers and sisters in Christ, my mother. I mean, I know work's important and it's hurting and I got to get to job and all that, but what about the fellow Christian in this church, right? They're hurting. They're in grief. Don't you have to pay attention to them? Oh, I do, I do, I, I, I do, I do. But work as well, and I'm trying to do that. Wait a minute, you're right, but work is important and work is hurting, don't get me wrong, but it should be something more special is your mother. More special is your mother. Uh, don't look at Mary, the wife of Cleophas. Don't look at uh, Mary Magdalene. Don't look at work. I know they're hurting and they're struggling. But your mother should be the one you should look at. Your mother should be the one you should look at. That hurt, that pain. Here's another sad thing, and the tendency is this. When our work is hurting and suffering, we do tend, let's be honest, the tendency of addressing the hurt and pain of our mother diminishes. It diminishes, especially if we put them all in an equal position. The mother is something so important and special. Is your health important? Sure. Do we knock over people at the head if they can't come to church? Of course not, because they're in pain. They're, they, they got poor health. But, uh, you know, the mother is important, shouldn't she be? Isn't the mother important? Suffering? There's some Christians there. The pastor. Your wife. Your literal mother. A lot of times we can get caught up with my health and, oh, I can't make it that day at Mother's Day because, because what? I'm not in the good health and stuff like that. Okay. And I'm not bashing people over the head on that, but I wonder how much, okay? If your health is important and you cannot go, then you cannot go. You have to stay. You have to recover. I'm a full believer in that. But I wonder how much we address our health that we lost our focus on our mother who's hurting. Our mother who's hurting. Mother is something very special. Is not in the same level as others. Do you understand that? Yes, they care about you. Yes, they're hurting. Don't get me wrong. But they're not as important as your mother. Why? The mother is the one who cared about you, who nursed you. How can you forget those precious memories throughout the years? That raised you. The mother. The mother. Self-care, self-enjoyment. Everybody has that. Have a vacation time. Have fun. You'll need it. But uh, how much more important is your mother? How much more important is your mother? How is she hurting? At that day, you're having a good time, vacation. Your mother's grieving. Feels right? Feels right. Mother, my mom is hurting. How can you forget all the years she cared for you? She birthed you. She raised you. There's sometimes messed up mothers. Don't get me wrong, okay? And I don't know everybody's bio or family history, and I don't want to know, and you don't need to know mine either. <laughs> Imperfect, messed up. But nevertheless, she still called. 
Mother. She still called. Mother. Mother. Something special. Something special about that. If it's a criminal, if it's someone that's uh, totally messed up and unhealthy for you to be with, then yeah, you should separate it, of course, obviously. But the tendency of mothers is the mother who births you, who cares for you. And the tendency on our part should be to care, to prioritize, to see, do you see your mom? Or do you see your, your work hurting, your health hurting, your self-care that's suffering and grieving? Do you more look at those things or do you see your mom who's in grief? Who do you see? Who are you seeing right now? Who are you seeing right now as you're in church? Uh, notice right here the next part. It says, and the disciples standing by whom he loved. And the disciples standing by whom he loved. Well, that's pretty obvious. That's referring to John. We all know that's John the apostle. And he's the disciple whom Jesus loved. And the disciple John, he stood by Jesus Christ. This man was faithful. Even at a time when all the disciples abandoned ship and Jesus Christ was being carried away to be crucified and tortured, John stuck as much as he could. Maybe there was a moment of abandonment, sure, but overall he stuck around. He stood by Jesus Christ. He was faithful. But you know, I wonder when I look at that passage right there, it, says, uh, it didn't say that he was standing by Jesus. It says, and the disciple standing by whom he loved. What does that mean, standing by? Standing by, sure, we can think about Jesus. That's so obvious. But Jesus is not the only person that's mentioned in this verse. You know that? Who's the other person mentioned? His mother. His mother. I wonder when the disciple was standing by Jesus. It's not just Jesus, but... When I'm standing by, it's not I'm sticking to only Jesus and faithful, but his mom. His mom. You might say, don't you think you're stretching it? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he was standing next to his mom because how else could Jesus tell his mother at verse 26, behold thy son, and then say to John at verse 27, behold thy mother, if John and Mary were like uh, 50 people apart from each other in that midst of the crowd. There's no way they can see each other. Oh, do you see me, John? Yeah, Mary, I see you. Okay, I, you're my mom from now on. No, it's not like that. They were, it's more obvious they were standing next to each other. They were close to each other. Why? It's obvious to John's mind, if that's the disciple whom Jesus loved. When I stand by you, Jesus, I get it. Your mom's important to you as well. Mary's important. I'm going to stick by her too. I'm going to stick by her too. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ is one of the greatest things that you can ever do in your life. It is the ultimate thing to do. Amen. The ultimate cause, ultimate purpose, to give glory to his name. When I hear about reports, people soul winning and street preaching, it gets my blood stirred up. And when they lead a soul to Christ, I'm just so proud of them. I'm just so happy. I encourage them to keep doing it. When I see the people come up here to preach and then our women teaching other women, it encourages my art. Oh, I love to see that. 
When they come to every church service, every fellowship, participate in anything and everything they could and say, Pastor, is there anything that I can do to help? What a great joy in my life to see all of that. What a great joy to see people who are so deep into God, so deep into God's reading His Word, spending time in prayer, and they're willing to sacrifice anything, and I mean everything out there. I've known of Bible believers who pretty much lost it all, their health, they're going through so much pain, their family is suffering and everything, and yet they're willing to still follow Jesus Christ, not quit the mission field that God called them to do. They don't receive any credit, they don't want anything like that. What a wonderful thing. These are people who stand by the Lord Jesus Christ, who are faithful. And man, when I see this church, I can see that too out of you. I can see that how you're standing faithful. I mean, we went through the tough two years together, haven't we? And you stood by Jesus Christ. You stood with me. We stood together. We stood close to Jesus Christ and served him. Why? Because we're Bible believers. King James only, dispensational, street preaching, soul winning, independent, Baptist. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Proud of it. Praise the Lord. That's my crowd, sticking close to Jesus Christ, standing close as real and closely to Jesus Christ as much as possible. But I wonder that uh, because we're so much into God, listen, we're so much into God and serving Him, you forgot your mother who's crying and who's in grief. You might say, no, God's important, Pastor. You're right, God's the number one important. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you love me, then you will love one another. Fulfill ye my joy, Paul mentioned. Jesus says that if you love one another, you love me. Do you love your mom? You might think you do. You might think you do. But when I see that standing by, there's one thing I noticed that when John was standing by. The first thing that I noticed right here when the disciple is standing by, the first thing that I noticed is it mentions uh, standing by the mother, right? Standing by the mother. You might think that uh, you might love your mom as much as you should. Whether it might be your physical mom, might be your wife who's a mother, might be your pastor who's doing some roles of a mother, or your brethren who's doing some roles as a mother. You might think you might love your mom, but one thing I've learned is that the flesh is so weak that we don't really love them as much as we should. The stuff that I thought that I crossed out all my T's and then I've done all my parts to be a good son and to help out my mother and then fulfill the purpose and everything. I thought that, you know, I didn't have any errors. I didn't have any problems. I made sure I was faithful. I was committed and I would make sure that I do everything right. But yet I still mess up. The sins that I said that I wouldn't do, I never did until I stood by the mother. What do I mean by that? When you're standing by the mother, you're so close. That means you get to know her more. You get more intimate. You know, I thought that I didn't have really anger issues. (laughs) 
But then uh, I thought I was usually patient. I thought that I would put up things well. I thought I would be understanding, very understanding of people. Why? Because I'm a pastor. I'm used to it. I do that for many years. Then I got married. When I got married, it was so weird. Then all these things came up that I was like, that I was like, I would never do that. And I don't know, I don't get why people are like that. And then when I do it, I'm like, my goodness. I, th- I thought I was a very understanding person, but then I realized I didn't understood as much as I thought. And I had issues of anger that was hiding there that didn't come out. What happened to me? And then when I was thinking, I was like, it's because I got too comfortable with her. It's because I know her more. It's because I stood close to her. What happens? During your times where you intimately and know so much about your mom is when the faith is put to the test and your love is put to the test, do you still really love her? Including the flaws, right? You see? Or your assumptions of the flaws. And you'd be surprised those are just false assumptions. Don't, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you get very close, uh, it's one thing that, let's say, you're friends with somebody, but once you get to know that friend, you're rooming together with them, you live together for many years, then what happens, you all know what happens, you thought that your understanding of that person, you're nice to that person, and you realize, man, I got a dark and ugly side. When you stand by the mother, let's see if you really love her, huh? Let's see if you really support her. Let's see if you're really helpful to her, huh? That's when the love is put to the test. Let's see if you really love your mom when you stand by the mother. Another thing that I see right here is uh, the disciples standing by. That means to Jesus, right? He is God. You know, because he's standing very close to Jesus Christ, he respects Jesus' wishes that, hey, uh, take care of Mary. She's going to be your, uh, your mother this time. And John recognized Jesus as God, and obviously because he's close to God, he believes Jesus is God, he's going, and he's committed to God, he's going to love and take care of Mary, the mother. You know, where you thought that you were standing by close to God? I'm standing close to God, and you're a hypocrite when uh, you're not getting along with your mom, your wife, your pastor, your brethren. And your testimony is stellar. It's stellar when uh, the eyes of people around you, look at me, I'm a stellar testimony. Oh, you're a holy Christian. Yeah, I read my Bible, I prayed. and then, Yeah, me and God have a relationship. But then your relationship with your mother is sour. That's a hypocrite. You think you'll, you'll approve of me if I have a a good relationship with God and read his word and pray and so holy and so close to God and then I have a nasty relationship, a messed up relationship, a horrible relationship with my wife? Or would you see me as a hypocrite? Come on. I'm not talking about being human. Of course, there are moments. Look, don't get me wrong. There are moments we yell at the mothers, okay? There are moments that uh, we argue and fight. I get that. But 
you have to keep in mind about you can't make an excuse for human nature on those things. I understand human nature. We all have human nature. But don't let that be your excuse to not love your mother. To not love your mother. If you stand close to God, then naturally you should love the mother. That's a horrible contrast. God, I love you. I have a strong relationship with you. But then your mother is a horrible relationship. You know what God says? No, I don't want, you don't have a good relationship with me. Don't think you're standing close to me. And I don't care how many doctrines you know. If you stand close to God, you're going to naturally should come out more, more so with the mother. More so with the mother. Why? Because God says so, honor your father and your mother. Because God says so, husband, honor the weaker vessel, the wife. Because the Bible says so, give the elder double honor. Because the Bible says so, honor, submit to one to another, fellow Christians. Because God says so. If you stand very close to God, you believe he's God, and you have a very powerful relationship with him, then it should be natural you should be doing that with others. But if not, how can you honestly have a good, strong relationship with God every time he tells you these things as you're reading his word? How can you honestly say you have a strong relationship with him when you're ignoring those verses, those words God is telling you to do with your mother? I don't care how many times you read through that Bible. You know why it went? One year out the other. That's your relationship with God. Another thing when he stand by is not just uh, Jesus or the mother, but the disciple, he was obviously standing close to the cross. You know, the cross, all of us have it, right? We all carry our cross like the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says you got to take up your cross and follow me. The cross it's not fun and games, it's suffering, it's fire, it's pain, and it's testing. When you stand very close to the cross and embrace those nails in your hands, the true parts of you come out. And when those true parts of you come out, then you find out that, wow, I'm not as close to God like I thought. I have weaknesses in my flesh. You know why you're not really good to your mothers? Because a lot of times it's because you're going through something stressful, something hard, a cross you're currently carrying. And that's when your love is really being put to the test. When you stand close to the cross, right? Be careful now. When you stand close to the cross, your love for your mother is going to be tested right there. Sometimes I wonder why people bail out on God, bail out on church, bail out on the mothers God has given to them because of uh, something bad in their life. Something bad. Why do you think divorce happens? The num probably the number one excuse, something bad happened to both of them. Things are put to the test. Things are put to the test when you stand close to the cross. Let's see if you really love your mom. Let's see if you really love the mother. I don't think so. The weaknesses of our flesh, the true colors are exposed. You thought that you stand, you stood close to Jesus. You're a Bible believer and you're firm. Yeah, wait till you grow more 
closer in your relationship with God when you stand closer to Jesus, and then you find some weaknesses you didn't know about. Weaknesses in your love. And when you stand close to the mother and get to know that mother more intimately and more so and everything, and you get more comfortable with the mother, let's see the weakness of your love get exposed. The weakness of your flesh comes out. They get hidden all this time and suddenly it came out. When you stand close to the cross, when you stand close to the cross, the suffering, the stress, the pain just is so unbearable and that flesh is so weak, it's the ugly side got to come out. The flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the weakness of your love comes out. Do you really love your mother? Do you really love your mother? The verse says right here, He saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Jesus, he says to his mother and calls her mother of God. Behold thy son. No, he never said that. You know what he said? Well, imagine saying this to your mom. Woman, behold thy son. I'm comforting you with this. No, 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 no. The mom's going to ignore that whole part about, you know, John taking care of her. Behold thy son. She's going to pay attention to that one word woman and go, wait a minute. I heard woman. Wait, wait, what do you mean that right there? Hey, didn't you hear anything I said about John taking care of you? No, I only heard woman. That's probably what she's going to say. What a rude thing to say. Thank God Jesus said that. You might say, why? Because Jesus wanted the whole world, but unfortunately, one billion people still don't get the memo. Is that, hey, I don't recognize. I don't want people to get the misunderstanding that God gives her that kind of position that you're my mom. I don't believe in exaltation of Mary. I want you all to get that. The reason why I say woman is because I want people to know that, see, me and her, we have a difference. I'm exalted. I'm God. She's still a sinner like all of us. Nothing very special where she goes up on a ladder. You know, Mary, I'm pretty sure, when she heard Jesus call her woman, and that wasn't the only time, right? John 2 called her woman. When Mary came to visit Jesus, Jesus said, who's my mother? And who's my family? When uh, the woman, when there was one woman doing an exaltation of Mary in the Bible, she said, blessed is the womb that uh, gave birth to you. And Jesus said, yea, blessed are they rather that hear the word of God and keep it. You know, like, uh, Mary didn't take any offense to those things. Mary, she, listen, she recognized that Thing that you consider to be debase, woman, I accept that. I am that. I can receive comfort to the fact that you care about me and you want John to take care of me. Woman, behold thy son. She took that as a word of comfort, not as an offense to any feminist. But if, it were, if she were a feminist, she would be verily offended. You know what the problem is? Now, this is... Uh, for the mothers, but it can even be more inclusive to the women and maybe even everybody here. So this is something you need to hear. Go to 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter. I say this with all due respect, but it doesn't sound respectful. Woman. 1 Peter chapter 3. 
You're a woman. If you are a woman, you're a woman. There's nothing debased or demeaning about that. We don't have to change the word to a certain pronoun or title that is more appropriate to you or call you doctor or so-and-so before the title or give you a name. You don't even deserve a name. You have to understand that you're a woman. Oh, that's the base. That's demeaning. Especially, you know, you ever heard guys doing that? Guys always, you know, they roll their eyes whenever the women are doing something. They're just thinking, you know, women, because she's a woman, you know. It sounds debasing, right? And it sounds pretty offensive. But recognizing and accepting that humility, that lowness, is the greatest thing where you can receive comfort and happiness. Do you know why we have so many unhappy mothers or unhappy women today? You know why? Because they're not willing to receive that weakness, that humble position of being a woman. They don't like that. What is a woman? Do you realize what a woman, uh, what is consisted within that word? Notice in 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible says right here, in verse 1, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, that they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Look at verse uh, 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the what? The lady said it, not me, all right? <laughs> The Bible says weaker vessel. How would any independent woman feminist hear that? They don't like that. I'm weaker than a man. How dare you? And it really gets their skin. And that's the reason why a lot of them turn out to be unhappy people. And they go through unhappy marriages and unhappy lives. Why? Because they don't realize what they are, a woman. Why did God give that? To demean me, to debase me. No, to make you happy. Doesn't God do that? He gives weaknesses in times. He puts us in lowly positions at times so that we can learn to be happy. Amen. Give a little too much, exalt a person too much, they'd be the saddest, most miserable person ever known. Rich, millionaire, billionaire from living on top of the highest tower humble themselves by jumping at themselves off the building and hitting flat bottom, committing suicide. Unhappy. Unhappy. Why? Because a lot of the feminists don't realize they're a woman. They're a weaker vessel. I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but I mean it in every respectful moment according to the word of God as seriously as I can to what God says. You are a weaker vessel. Why would that make me happy? Because weren't you paying attention? See, you know... Your problem is, like Jesus said, woman, behold thy son. That whole sentence was not a demeaning phrase. It was intended to comfort, make her happy. Let John take care of you. But no, you know, a typical feminist would have heard, would have ignored that entire sentence, that entire statement from Jesus and say, I only heard woman. And that's demeaning, offensive. That's what you're doing right now with 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter 3, 7, all you're looking at is weaker vessel. Weaker vessel, weaker vessel. I find that demeaning and, effeminate and offensive. Hey, you feminists, look, 
That's not the point. If you paid attention to the entire statement, it's intended to make you happy and comfort you. It's so that the husband can honor the wife and then treat her well. Why honor her? Because she is a weaker vessel. You put her in an equality state like you, and you men wonder, I'm a strong soldier for Jesus Christ. Why can't my woman understand what I'm doing and follow Jesus Christ like I am? Because she's a woman. There's a biological difference. I don't care if this is demeaning to you, okay, or offensive. But the biological difference is huge. Women have estrogen. Men have testosterone level, all right? And the percentage is huge. The men, it can be more natural for them to be more aggressive, to keep going. The women, they're more in the feeling, emotional state. Because of that, that's the reason why. That the, that the women, that when they're treated with honor, it's keeping in mind they're a weaker vessel. There's a difference. Even fathers would know this. There's a difference with the way how they treat their sons versus how they raise their daughters. There are times that fathers, that I'll notice that they're hard on their sons. And then with the daughter, it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Because she's a woman. She's a weaker vessel it's important to understand that women do you accept your position if you don't accept your position as a weaker vessel what that entails what everything what that means you cannot receive the happiness that God is trying to give to you that God is trying to tell his people to give to you you must accept that to be happy Sometimes you have to look at your life and say, I wonder if I got so normalized by this culture that uh, I live like some kind of independent feminist. Or did I live like, according to the Bible, what a biblical godly woman is? Women, do you re recognize you're the weaker vessel and you need to be treated as such? So because of that, it's so important for you. You need that leader you need someone to keep you going. Well, I'm strong and I can do it alone for Jesus Christ. No, no, that's not the case, okay? You have to realize you're a weaker vessel. That's what you are, and you will be happy if you recognize that. There are times, don't get me wrong, don't worry. If the Lord wants you to be independent and alone, be strong serving God, he does that plenty of times with you anyway. Why do you have to make it worse for yourself? Why not receive whatever handout, as you might think of it as, it's not demeaning. Whatever handout the Lord gives to you, take it. Obey the husband. Listen. If you're a daughter, obey the father. If you have a pastor, go by the leadership. It's so important. You women who have your weaknesses, your moments, you need those leaders. You need the leaders. Then you can be happy. You can be happy. Why are you unhappy? Why are independent feminists so unhappy? Because they, are, they have to do everything themselves, and then they make the government more feminized to give them more of a handout to go to their level. That's why the economy is not aggressive. It's not going. The government is not going forward, forward. They have to go down to the level and then somehow get the women up there to be more aggressive. What an imbalance. It's so unstable. Economy does not mean woman, and woman does not mean government. 
We're trying to equate everything with each other. If you understand that, then you can get your happiness. Happiness, if you realize your position. Will you accept that? It's demeaning. No, no, no. Don't look at the demeaning part. Look at the comfort part. The promising part of being a woman. Look back at John 19. Look back at John 19. Then we see another portion right here. <clears throat> in John chapter 19 where Jesus looks at John. And then when Jesus looks at John. In verse 27. Then saith he to the disciple. Behold thy mother. You know John was able to recognize Mary. As his mother, that's my mother. I got to take care of her. I got to care for her. Because Jesus said, told him, behold, take a look, pay attention. A lot of times, we know who our mothers are, and we know what we're supposed to do. But when we look at our resume and our previous history, let's be honest, it's not that stellar. It could be better. I mean, you know what to do. There are some people who might ask, Pastor, uh, I need to learn more. What's the secret that you've learned on how I can be a blessing to the man of God or the pastor? Or I can help out the pastor more. Uh, what is the key secret on how I can be a better husband to my wife? I don't know why I'm struggling so much. And there must be something out there. And uh, no, 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 brethren, you already know. You'd be surprised. You already know. And the answers you're going to hear is going to be the same old thing. Nothing deep or basic on how to support your mothers. It's just you need to behold. You know what your problem is? You know, you know, you know, but you just don't behold. What does behold mean? Behold means pay attention. It means look. It means hey. What does it mean? Pay attention. Your problem is you just don't pay attention. You don't get a grip on yourself. Too much of what? My work is hurting. My health is hurting. My self-care is lacking that I must do. Oh, there are other things I could... Uh, there are these other parts lacking. See, you're looking at Mary Magdalene, Mary the wife of Cleophas. You're looking at the other people who are hurting. You're not seeing your mother. You're not seeing your mother. Those things are such easy distractions. Gets us easily distracted from seeing our mother. That's why you're lacking in your support for your mother. Because you, <laughs> you already know you know what to do, but you just did not behold. You know what you need to tell yourself? When you're all caught up with all these other things that are hurting and you're taking care of, and not your mom, but all these things, you just need to stop and tell yourself, behold. Behold. You just need to behold. What does behold mean? Pay attention. It means pay attention. Have you ever done that? Or you're just too caught up with what you're doing in the moment? Have you ever told yourself, behold? You need to just sometimes when you... You need to have one of those behold moments. Just stop yourself and look. And say, hey, look at that. I noticed my mom's suffering right here. My mom's doing this by herself. 
my mom, I know this would make her happy. Why don't I do that more often? All right. You need to tell yourself that. Behold. Hey, you know, uh, do you hear Jesus telling you to take care of the mother? John did. John heard Jesus clear as day. Behold thy mother. And John heard it clear as day and took care of the mother. But when Jesus tells you, hey, take care of your mother, you don't hear him, do you? I wonder if that's the reason why, if you don't hear his voice telling you to take care of the mother, you don't hear his voice on other things he's telling you to do. Maybe he already answered your prayer, but you're just not hearing him. Maybe he's telling you uh, what his will is for your life that you're always so confused and bombarded about, but you're not hearing him. Maybe there's something the Lord is trying to show you that could have opened your eyes, changed your life, but you're not seeing it. You're not hearing it. Why? Well, you know, maybe Revelation 3 might help. Revelation 3. Where's an example of Jesus trying to tell us something and we need to hear him? A famous passage, Revelation 3.20, right? <clears throat> Revelation 3.20, a famous verse. There's a song that goes, Behold, behold, I stand at the door and... Behold, behold, I stand at the door and... If any man hear my voice, if any man hear my voice and will open... Open, open the door, I will come in. I know, I should be a Sunday school teacher, but I'm giving that job to others. <laughs> I feel more qualified to pastor kids than the people here. <laughs> you know, Jesus is the one knocking at the door of your heart and telling you if any man will hear my voice. But I wonder how many times we don't hear him. You know why you don't hear him knock? You don't hear him tell you? What's that first verse? Uh, first word in the verse? Behold. If you behold, then I wonder, I stand at the door and knock. You can hear that. You know what's first? Jesus didn't say, hey, uh, you got to hear me knocking. And No, it's not like that. Behold, do you hear me knocking? That's what Jesus said. What does behold mean? Until you pay attention first, God can't get your attention. Until you pay attention first, God can't get your attention. You need to do it out of your own free will, free choice, because God don't forcibly do that out of you. You need to tell yourself, behold. I, you need a behold moment. Why not just tell yourself once in a while, you know, when you're so caught up and you're seeing all these things hurting and suffering that you've got to manage and take care of. And Mary Magdalene, oh, I gotta, I'm looking at her grief. And then, no, 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 you got to, why not just say, behold. Tell yourself, behold. When you're going through a very bad day at work and then it's just crammed up, why not just tell yourself, behold. When your health is suffering and you're in so much pain and then you're trying to manage it, tell yourself, you know, just one word. Behold. You know, when you're out enjoying life, having a good time and... I don't know where you're taking vacation at or what you do at your free time. Maybe you're just sitting down on a lazy 
sofa watching TV, you know what you need to do when you're doing that all that time? Behold. You need to tell yourself that. Behold. It's okay to enjoy the moment. Nothing wrong if you're spending time at somewhere else. But don't forget to say, Behold. And then when you do that, maybe the Lord can start speaking to you. And he can show you more things and what to do. And that would include what Jesus said. Behold, thy mother. And then you would go, wow, why didn't I see that? Because mothers don't show their pain. You know that? Mothers don't show their pain. You think people here parade about their problems? Mothers don't show their pain. You need to tell yourself, behold. See carefully. That would make a huge difference. No secret tip, no deeper thing on how you can do things better. It's just you need to tell yourself, pay attention. The next part that I want to look at, at uh, John 19, next part that I want to look at when we look at John 19, it says, and from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. From that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Ever since that time, the disciple John took Mary to his home. Uh, took Mary to his home. Took her unto his home. You know, when John took her home, this is very interesting. That means Mary did not see her son die. That means that Mary may not have been present when Jesus cried out, It is finished. John did not hang on till all the way to the end. In fact, uh, in this book of John, when he writes the last moments of Jesus, he could only go by record what he heard from other people. You might say, what makes you think that, Pastor? Well, one is because it says right here, he took her to his home at verse 27, and verse 28, 29, Jesus is still on the cross. But another one is, this is interesting, look at uh, Matthew 26, Matthew 26. Matthew 26. You know what I said about Mary, the mother of Jesus? Uh, the other women like Mary, the wife of Cleophas, Mary Magdalene and all that? Let's look at Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. Notice right here at verse 54, 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, tr saying truly this was the Son of God. So this is the centurion being close to Jesus, saw how he died, right there at Calvary, correct? All right, what about Mary, the other Marys, and then the women? Look at verse 55. And many women were there, What? Beholding afar off. Wait, wait, wait. I thought Mary was close to Jesus. It's not like Jesus was far away from Mary and said, Behold your son! And no, he was up close. But now she's far away. Huh. Look at another... Uh, look at... Well, let's see Mark. Mark's bound to find something different. Look at Mark 15. I think Mark has something different. Maybe what I said is wrong. Maybe it's far-fetched. Look at Mark 15. Mark 15. 
Verse 39, Mark 15, 39. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was a son of God. Again, the centurion was there nearby at the cross. Verse 40. There were also women looking on, what? Afar off. Again. Oh, I guess they weren't there nearby. Luke, let's look at Luke. Huh? Okay, maybe Luke has something different. All right. Luke, Luke, Luke. Luke chapter 23. Hmm, I wonder. All right. Luke chapter 23. Verse 47. Now when the people saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And all the people that came together to that site Beholding the things which were done, smote their breasts and returned. Well, there you go. The women were there then. I mean, the women were there at the site of Calvary. So that's got to be them. Oops, 49. Separate. And all his acquaintance and the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off. Oh, so that proves they were in a faraway location. What happened? If we go by John, John says he took her to his home. So it's on the way. On the way as they were going home when they were distancing themselves away on the way home. Then all those things happened and then they looked back and they were able to see all those things from a distance. So Mary, she did not get to see her son die then. She did not get to see the grief or experience the pain of her son dying in front of her face. She was able to see the grief afar off. You know, for mothers who are going through pain and unhappy moments, you're not good at taking away their grief and pain. It's very hard, especially for uh, mothers. You don't erase that sorrow, that pain easily, no matter how much you comfort them. But... Maybe, John, if you're that disciple that would take her as if you're going to take her to his home, yeah, maybe you can't erase that grief, but at least John was able to get Mary experience the grief from a distance, from afar off. You might not be able to heal the, your mother, but at least you can get her to see the grief from a distance. She doesn't have to be in there at that moment of grief. Be right there. Take her home. Let her see it afar off. Mary, being the mother, you know, if I was the mother at that cross, I wouldn't want to leave, don't you think so? I would be there for my son till the very end. I would be the mother thinking, I can do it. I must do it. I have to do it. I must bear it. But John was able to get her to go home with him. Mary was close to the cross, wasn't she? She probably thought, I could bear it. I could handle this. I'm too close to the cross. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. But I need to see my boy. I can handle, I can do it. And then, no, John had to say, no, no, Mary, mom, mom, 
come on. You need to rest. You need to, you need to go home. Your mother, too close to the cross, isn't she? The mother is probably convinced she can take it. She could handle the cross, your mother. I gotta be strong. I have to be strong. I have to be strong. Hey, John, why don't you, if you behold, then you caught that. And you're saying, no, 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 you don't have to be strong. Mom, I know you're tough. And you're standing close to the cross. It's, it's enough. Come home with me. Here, take, take, uh, take this uh, money. No, I don't need that. I'm fine. I, it's just Jesus and me. And no. Please take it. You need this money. Mom. Hey, I, I just want to tell you is that I know you're strong in the Lord. And, and man, you're stronger than any person that I've known. But I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I know you need it. It's okay. I, it's okay. I don't, I don't have a prayer. I don't need a prayer. No, no. Mom. Mom. You're too close to the cross. You think you're strong. You can handle it. I just want you to know that I see the pain if you don't. And I'm praying for you. Do you see your mom here? You see your mom? Too close to the cross. She thinks she's strong. She doesn't know it, but she thinks she's so strong. It's time that you speak for her and take her home, don't you think so? No, oh, let me take you home. Let me take care of you. Let me open your eyes more bigger than that. The mother, believe it or not, is not just... Your literal mother, not the wife who is a mother, the pastor who plays a part as a mother, uh, your fellow church member or Christian who is a mother to you. You're the mother too, didn't you know that? You're the mother too. Why? Because Jesus said to people who are saved, behold my mother. You're a mother too. Aren't you too close to the cross, mom? Hey, mom. You're my mom. I want you all, everyone hearing this, I want you to know this. You're my mom, and you're too close to the cross, don't you think so? Oh, it's happy Mother's Day. I'm fine, and I'm good. This is a joyous moment. No, there are some unhappy things, some grievances you're going through. You think you're strong, you're tough, you can, but no, I see the pain if you don't. Hey, if you're a mom hearing this, let John take you home. Let John take you home. Do you know how many Johns there are right here? You know, the verse never said John, you know that? It says the disciple. That, what does that mean? That's anybody of us. That's any one of us. We're disciples of Jesus. That's anybody here. When the disciple comes to you and fellowship with you, take that. When the disciple comes to you and says, hey, let me pray for you, follows up with you, take that. Don't 
let your shame, your ego, your spiritual greatness push away John. Push away the disciple who wants to help you, who wants to take you home. I know you're strong, Mary. I know you're strong. You're standing close to the cross. You're carrying your cross as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But it's time you go home. Let John take you home. I strongly believe this. Like John R. Rice gave an example about him dying and going to heaven. But I believe that the majority of God's blessings that we see at the storehouse in heaven could have been given to us, but we never asked for it. We never received it. How many missed opportunities of blessings have you missed out? Here's a fellowship time right here. Hey, here's a prayer time we can do for you. Hey, uh, let me give you this support right here. Hey, we have a big revival meeting that will encourage you. Hey, let's go to church right here. And how many times have you missed out, John, extending that hand of compassion and love trying to take you home? You're hurting. You're too close to the cross. You've been carrying it. But if you want to keep carrying that cross, you need to go home. Do you understand? Let John take you home. Every head bow and every eye shut.